Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is television writer, social commentator, and Italian-American excellence, Tyler Danucci. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Drew. How you doing? You know, I'm good. I just, I just woke up pretty recently, so my morning voice is in full effect, like not giving everyone the dulcet NPR tones that many people are used to, but I still sound better than Michael Barbaro, so I think we're good <laughs> here. How are you doing today? I'm good. I am currently in my, uh, I'm at my parents' place in um, suburban Connecticut. So this is, I'm currently my mom's, my mom lent me her, uh, her Zoom setup because there's only one room in the house that actually gets decent internet and it's this one. <laughs> so uh, that, is, that is where I am right now. You can see all like the decorations of, of my parents. Unfortunately, uh, the audience can't see them, but it's, it's exquisite. <laughs> it's, there's something about the suburbs that just, is exquisite in general. I made my first pilgrimage to the suburbs of 2021 over the past weekend for um, friend of the pod, John Boone's birthday in Naperville, Illinois. And to be among like the Midwestern moms and suburban joy of Illinois. I mean, it's like an American fantasia. I mean, you can see the beautiful, the beautiful stone wall mixed with, um, mixed with wood. I just like, is just like <laughs> quite something. The interplay of earth tones, <laughs> a, a symphony of brown. There's also this psychotic picture, which you can't really see up there of like mm-hmm. all these famous people playing, um, playing poker together, which like okay. I went time trying to get my mom to explain, my dad to explain to me. And like, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Um, yeah, (laughs) to be fair, it's like, it's hard to decorate as many readers know, I just moved to Chicago last month. So I've been decorating my place currently and it's so hard to pick an aesthetic, stick to it and then find pieces therein that look nice. Like I just showed you before we tape like the, um, my living room, which is currently all Ikea furniture basically. And it's a, I really want to jazz it up somehow, but like, maybe I need to get like a poker playing painting. A poker playing painting of, yeah, they, um, (laughs) they, I, I, uh, the thing about decorating too is like also realizing like the range of expenses of things you didn't expect to be so expensive. Oh yeah. Like framing. I just, I, I know it's the, like, I, I, I logically understand why framing costs that much emotionally I still can't wrap my head around it um yeah it's it really but at the same time like I don't really want to frame it myself so I've been buying a lot of shit that has it's like pre-framed or whatever and it's an extra like like mm, dollar (laughs) it's Mm. not good mm, yeah it's not good like I really don't want but I also like I mean, you can see my like bare white walls right now. Like it's, 
I could be broadcasting live from Cedars right now and you'd have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> like, truly, you'd never know. You truly never Cedars. know. I, yeah, I just bought a rug and because um, I, I needed to get a new one. And it was like, I, I was like, I, again, logically understand my rugs. Like, I, I understand you, it's a rug is, yeah. You know, yeah. But like the idea of spending, Two to three hundred dollars on or on a rug is just like it's, it's yeah, I, and I get it. It's necessary, I understand. And then like the felt underneath the rug, I know the, like, the felt oh. underneath the rug is the biggest indignity to me because I did get felt or whatever or pad for the one I have in my living room right now, and it doesn't do jack shit. Like, it is, every time I step on that rug, it, like, slips slides everywhere. I adjust it five times a day, and I'm like, I wish I hadn't, I wish I hadn't bought anything at all. <laughs> like, I am, and the, 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 I, I, the felt that I bought was stick, stuck out, like, an inch and a half underneath yeah. the rug, which was, like, very frustrating. So, of course, I was, like, me as an idiot was, like, all right, I'll just take my fabric scissors and just cut the felt. Um, so I went through two pairs of scissors before I finally was able to um, get it. Yeah. Um, now I'm scissorless. Well, um, <laughs> so sad. Like, so like sad. another gay man ruined by felt. Like, I feel like that's like a song, <laughs> of, a song of many a drag queen before us. Like, yeah, me at the ball challenge. <laughs> <laughs> this material is so hard to work with. <laughs> ah! Wait, what accent was that? Um, drag queen vernacular. I, <laughs> I cannot believe the challenges that they are asking us to do today. <laughs> like, that's me. Drag. I'm Drag Race Hall in season two. That's my. Yeah, I, that's I still me. have not watched. Um, I will say Drag Race Hall in season one was one of the. I just finished it because I'm trying to finish every watch every season of Drag Race. Mm -hmm. um, it might have been one of the worst seasons of Drag Race I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I've heard it's it's confusing in, I mean, how it's structured, but also like the, I mean, I don't want to like talk, impugn the Dutch language in any way, but like I've heard that it's kind of confusing that they shift between Dutch and English so much and it's hard to like focus a little bit. That this is for our dumb American brains, but like our yeah. dumb American brains, because I'm like, oh, I have to read now. Oh, you're talking. Um, yeah, I actually think one of the weirdest things was that the editors clearly had never seen an episode of the show before. So, you know, there's the, like all these musical cues that you like, like it's not just the musical cues, but like I think my favorite example of this was like, you know, that musical cue when like someone they announce like the person that's safe, and then we like the two people that are going home, and it's like kind of that like very dramatic, like okay let's get ready for the lip sync yeah they would like use that when someone like is telling like an inspirational story about like how they were like left by their fathers as a child and you're just like wait what um and they like the editing just made no sense and they had the like yeah. the, the way they structured their storylines was just it bizarre um it really was and they had this judge that was awful she's not coming back for the next for this mm -hmm. season but i I I will watch season two out of because RuPaul has my her stiletto on my 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 jugular so yeah well I yeah I I need to I'll I'll watch it for the sake of completionism at some point like I I mean but right now I'm like technically two episodes behind All Stars six like I Ru does not have her stiletto anywhere near my body at all right now like I need to like but like I need to like manufacture that kind of urgency again because it's uh being behind on drag race is not 
the easiest thing to do when you're like terminally online so yeah right like i was like i I was on twitter today and was like oh no shit like i have not watched yet um so i will do that i will do that later today when i am trying to avoid work Um, (laughs) so well speaking of work it's time for our first segment let's go so we're gonna play go call the governor i am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and ancient history and you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. There are no wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Does the governor need to be called or not? So are you ready to play? I'm in. Let's okay. go. All right. First scenario. The House of Gucci trailer. Does the governor need to be called? Absolutely. Speak on this. Okay, so um, Maya Rudolph's Donatella Versace is one of my favorite um, SNL mm-hmm. characters of all time. And Gaga is literally doing her voice. Um, yes. And that is the accent. Um, it's it's psycho. I mean, look, I'm going to see it. I'm going to be in theaters to see it. I'll be like, I as... <clears throat> This is a big year um, for the Italian American gay community. Um, yes, with Luca and House of Gucci, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and ever, for everyone who did not buy a Cuomo sexual T-shirt. Um, so right, I, uh, <laughs> right, all of us. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I, um, I love Ridley Scott. Love Ridley Scott. Just that accent is, it's camp. It is. It's camp. camp. I do have hope that the movie will be good because Ridley Scott, even his like failures are pretty interesting, but like it's either going to be like an Oscar winning masterpiece or it's going to be a like camp classic terrible thing that gets Golden Globe nominations regardless. Like there's no middle ground. This won't be boring. I'll be camping out to see this. I mean, the, to me, the ultimate cinema movie can be is boring. Yeah. Um, like I, I, and so I, I feel like I will be entertained in some way. Will I be entertained in the way of like, I'm still going to like sh- watch Showgirls, you know, 20 years later? I don't think it'll be that bad. Um, but I, I, <laughs> I am like I, when I saw it on Twitter and people were like, "Oh my God, Gaga's Oscar!" I was like, "Oh great!" And then I watched. Mm-hmm. It, I was like, I'm it not. Was like, it like reminded me of like when like. Of, when Maya was like, I will know that car crash anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, Courtney Love. <laughs> um, it just, it's, it was, it, yeah. just, it took no. me back. It's, it's, it's going to be like two hours and 15 minutes of that. And like, I'm so ready. Um, I did wish it looked a little bit more colorful, I guess. It like, it is like a very out. dingy looking movie. Yeah, in a way that a lot of Ridley Scott's are, but like, it, it would be it nice. Kind of like, it was yeah. one of those things where I, um, because I'm gay, I just watched the mm-hmm. one video again. Um, and it's kind of was like, I sort of, and Tarson is like, to me, is like very hit or miss. Um, but like, I do think his color palettes are really interesting. And I kind of wish that they had done something like that, not yeah. as, as, as saturated, but like just it, for something where it's about the house of Gucci. Yeah. Um, just also, not, not something that like it the whole movie seems like it had such a gray tint to it and i get that it is ultimately like a crime drama um but you can do like a crime drama and have it look more aesthetically pleasing and colorful you know i mean the story is actually 
<clears throat> the actual story is really good. Um, yeah. It's really, so if they, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I film calling the governor. I, I definitely think the governor needs to be at least monitoring the situation because it's <laughs> it's it's a nightmare. All right, next scenario: Charlie XCX is starting a podcast. Does the governor need to be called? I, we are. You know what? I don't think we're calling the governor on that. Okay. I don't think I don't think they need to be. I don't think they need to be warned. Now, what if I told you the guest list for this podcast? Okay, yeah. yeah what then? Nice. Yeah. Featuring guests such as um, Biba Doobie, uh, Benny Drama, Addison Ray, um, Bowen Yang. Well, that's a good one. I'm trying to, there were, it was a Caroline Polachek. Like, you know, it's it's niche. We're in Z-Way. <laughs> Charlie XCX interviewing Z-Way, not the other way around. Not the other way around. Um, yeah. An iconic guest on Charlie XCX's <laughs> podcast. I, um, look, I think, like, good for Charlie. I think Charlie exists in one of those, like, spaces of, I was trying to explain gay famous to someone the other day. Yeah. And I, like, could not understand it, um, which is weird, because I think, like, I think it makes sense. Like, a, like, like, people that terminally online gays, no. Right. Right. Um, and I think she like is very much in that category. Um, yeah. I don't know if she'll ever be out of that category because I think that's like her. Like I don't ever see Charlie XCX evolving as a musician for like for straight like mainstream straight audiences. No. Um, I I think that's that she definitely I don't think has any interest in that. As, well, to really. an extent, she's talked about in interviews how she really wants to be like a mainstream pop star and she's really only made that work for her a handful of times on like features basically and as a as a writer I mean she's had several top 10 hits on stuff like Senorita stuff like that but like I was talking to a friend of the pod Will Adams about this a few weeks ago like I think her and several other like quote-unquote gay famous artists like I think I'm actually making more money and getting more influence by just playing it directly to their base at this point. Like, I think spreading yourself too thin, like say, say BB Rexa does, like, it's not, you're not going to get like the level of like ubiquity in any certain group that you want, I think, to actually have like a long-term career. And I think if you're not going to be like a very, very like, 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 granted I think like wanting to be like a huge mainstream success that's like sort of a crossover between like gays and not gays um I I (laughs) right um I think they uh I'd rather like I think I'd rather be loved by like 10 people out of 100 than like liked or like sort of known by like 50 of them um so all this is to say that like I think there is some I think like having those gay famous type pop stars um like have more of a way to express themselves i guess outside of like club beats i think is which like I a podcast a podcast I think <laughs> right that's fine. i think that's like that is good and like if people like bowen or z-way who have like more, like even though i like i don't know if my mother knows who z-way is but yeah like definitely has like more of a platform like go on i i think that helps you know i think yeah. that's good i think that's a good thing um good for charlie that's all I can say. Well, good, good. I think all podcasts should be abolished, but um, <laughs> I do, including, the, especially this one above all, but um, I am happy that she 
has more platforms. Always happy that she has more platforms. And if it causes her to like stop tweeting so much, then it will have done its job. Because she, I love her. She's my number one. Her Twitter presence recently has been like, like corny, corny. Okay, yeah, don't. It's not not worth it. Not worth it. Um, All right, speaking of corny, the last scenario. Ben Stiller says Hollywood is a meritocracy. Does the governor need to be, governor, I'm sorry, does the governor need to be called? Every governor, the CDC, the president, the UN, the Galactic Federation of Planets, they're all being called. Yeah. What a wild statement. And for those who don't know, Ben Stiller's parents are like a very, 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 very famous com- Hollywood comedy duo. And his dad was in on Seinfeld. Like, his dad's incredible. I mean, and it's not to say like Ben Stiller is very funny. And yeah, no, no, I love Ben Stiller. I think I think this is the thing that kind of like kind of got got to me about Spielberg's daughter, um, who should stop talking. Is she listening to this podcast? Probably not. Mm-mm. Shut up. Like just just shut up for a second, because no one is saying you don't have talent, right? And no one is saying that you did not work hard, right? Um, I think the thing is that you had access to network to, to network in ways that other people did not, right? And so I think this is the thing about about having worked with people who are scions of famous people. Yeah, I think they sometimes take the idea of meritocracy as a personal attack, right? Like the, the like this idea of Hollywood being a meritocracy, not as a personal attack, is if like, well, I worked really hard. Like I'm really like I'm not not talented and I worked hard. I don't think anyone's not saying that. Like, I don't want to say that like Ben Stiller has not worked hard in his career, right? Ben Stiller, yeah. I'm sure worked very hard. That's not the point. The point is that if Ben Stiller wasn't Ben Stiller and was like Ben Smith, right? Mm-hmm. And was from like outside Des Moines, you know, like I would he be the same, even if he was the same exact human being, would he be who he was today without the things that his parents were able to, like sort of the access that his parents would be able to provide from? Probably not. I think that's what people mean. Not necessarily that you didn't work hard, that you're not talented. It's that, and this is like sort of the, the discussion about Spielberg's daughter. It's like, not that's not what it is. It's that, it's that you have been given a leg up in terms yeah. of the, the tools that you now have access to that other people don't. The name basically automatically gets you in the door. I mean, it's, definitely you have to work and prove yourself from there in a lot of instances i'm sure like no one just gets offered a role because they're like sean penn's daughter or whatever otherwise sean penn's daughter would be in everything like it is but it is yeah it is it's a leg up and it's you know it does create like unfairness obviously an inequity of sorts yeah exactly and this this was like when girls premiered um like Mm -hmm. And people were like, well, all the, they're, they're all the children of famous people, right? It's like, it's not as if being Brian Williams' daughter or like even a better example, like Lena Dunham's parents are what, like painters? They're visual right? artists, yeah. Visual they're artists. not in like traditional entertainment, let's say. Right. And so like, if, and I don't, look, Lena, this is not the crisis that we're talking about of the crisis of Lena Dunham, but like, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the seven part podcast, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I did... I think Girls isn't perfect, but like I do think the first the first few seasons of Girls, especially, I think had really interesting parts of it. So 
this is this is maybe cut this out. Um, I do think Lena Dunham has talent. I don't think she'd be able to make girls without it. But that's not and like we're not cutting this out. By the way, I fully agree with you. (laughs) Girls is one of the best shows of the past ten years. And like being being the daughter of a visual artist doesn't necessarily mean that you have a ticket to like mainstream Hollywood success, right? What it does mean though is like her rich parents who worked adjacent like the Beverly Wood of Entertainment, you know, adjacently were able to you probably like help her, help her connections and get her to at least-, at least Yeah, I mean, even just like getting your foot in the door at NYU where she went, like that in and of itself is like, that's a barrier to entry that a lot of people don't have. And obviously going to NYU is not a guarantee of fame said with love to every Tisch graduate out there. <laughs> but yeah. Like it is, yeah. it does like you at least build the networking skills and the tool to- navigate your way and if you meet other famous people's kids like she did with like David Mamet's like Zosha Mamet and Jemima like then that's that like that's that I mean that's that like that's that that like that is that um but yeah Ben (laughs) Ben Stiller needs everyone called on him yeah who is your favorite nepotism child in Hollywood right now that's a good one um there's some people that I forget are children of celebrities, right? Like Ben Stiller's one that like, I obviously like, that's weird that I forgot that he's the child. Like just, yeah, I didn't, didn't think about it, you know, but like, um, God, who's my favorite nepotism child right now? Um, um, who's yours while I, while I, while I contemplate? Oh, Dakota Johnson, locked and loaded. She's great. She... She is good in every single movie she's ever been in, including Fifty Shades. I will stand by that remark. And she ended Ellen DeGeneres. Crickets for Ellen. Who is, this is like my favorite. Who's the girl in Stranger Things that's Jude Law's daughter? Oh, oh, the girl who's Ethan Hawke's daughter. Ethan Hawke's Maya Hawke, yeah. Maya Hawke. She was great in Stranger I, um Yeah, I love Maya Hawke. I thought she... Um, uh, my favorite is the one I couldn't name and couldn't get. It <laughs> um, I, I think the reason is because like I just um, I just rewatched season three of Stranger Things and I forgot mm-hmm. how much I hated the second season, and then I re- like remembered that like she was such a breath of fresh air in the third season and brought such a good energy to the show, yeah. um, in a way that I thought was like so necessary not to make it feel like another retreat for 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 the show again. Um, I think she was so additive. Um, and like, yeah, like <clears throat> she's Ethan, she's she's the daughter of like hot Ethan Hawk, but like And Uma Thurman. And Uma Thurman. Hot yeah. Uma Thurman, but like she is talented. Definitely. And she, I actually um I am more well versed in her music career. Like obviously she has a music career too. <laughs> like her she, her music is genuinely very good. And the fact that she can do both of those things is like a testament to how. I guess having two parents who are famous means you can do two different things. Like, I guess that's what it means. Yeah, I, I'm waiting for my uh, my, my 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 pop my pop my pop era is coming. So just wait. <laughs> All right, look out for that. And with that pop era announcement, we are going to take a quick break. And we are back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency, Tyler. What are you rushing to the ER today? I am rushing to the ER about the flight of fleets. Yeah. 
for those of you who are not Twitter gays because you're not terminally online and have not been on Twitter since I think 2008, like yeah. I have, um, let me explain to you what tweets are. Um, so this all goes back to when Instagram tried to kind of come for Snapchat um, and decided that we're going to post stories, you know, stories now, as we all know, are like these things that, you know, you post and 24 hours, they go away. <clears throat> Usually they're not as like processed or as they're the little more, they're a little as like some of you post in your grid, um, they're a little more, you know, um, spur of the moment. Um, fleeting, if you will. Fleeting, if you will. <laughs> That's a great word, fleeting. Mm -hmm. So Twitter in, um, which is another social media platform, um, <laughs> if you're not aware, uh, decided, okay, we are now going to come for Instagram and Snapchat with our own version of this, which are bleats. Um, and if you're also not gay, which I don't know who's listening to this and isn't, um, yeah. Fleet is also a brand of um, enemas that um, gay men um, that I saw a lot of in Fire Island this past weekend. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so that was a big joke. So basically like Twitter tried to do these like basically 24 hour stories almost that you could post um, with pictures and you know maybe a bit more uh, fleeting than your normal Twitter yeah. process. Um, they never took off. Um, I have, two different Twitter profiles. I have one that is um, my main, which is very much focused on things I would like my boss, that I'm okay with my boss seeing, right. um, that, that make me look smart. And then I have my my gay, my very gay alt, where I just um, get to be a little hornier um, and tweet about gay shit. Mm -hmm. um, and up until I, I, my, my alt is sort of new. Um, it's like, it's only a few months old. I had never seen anyone, anyone use fleet on my main. Like I, 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 it really was something, a feature that seemed like not one person used. Um, right. So, and then I, when I got to my alt, I was like, okay, like some gays use this, you know, um, but like it still never really had the ubiquitousness like ubiquitous usage that i think stories had right or even on snapchat which i'm not now if i yeah. snapchat they're too young for me um I've, or I, too I, old like i don't know anyone younger than me who's on snapchat anymore i think that was the first that was the first or second to get deleted off of people's phones with facebook i think like in the recent i think zoomers zoomers love snap is that true i can't yeah. imagine that it's, like big on TikTok where they're like, I like, I, so I was, I first had Snapchat and then mm -hmm. I deleted it when stories came in. And then now all these kids are like, are you like see all these stories? Like when her, when her snap, snap score goes up. And I was like, what? And then if I talk to anyone under 25 on Tinder. Right. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tinder yeah. Or okay. Cupid. Um, <laughs> they're always like, what's your snap? And I'm like, what? What do you mean? What's my snap? What do you? What do you? What are you talking about? And I think it's like this. It's this thing that now, like, it's back with Zoomers. Anyways, mm -hmm. all of this say no one used fleets, and then Twitter the other day, not the other day, probably I think like a month ago, a month maybe, was like we are shutting down. Fleets yeah. On August third, so August third was going to be the last day of fleets, um, and so to celebrate as gay men do. Um, mm -hmm. finally, there seemed to be ubiquitousness with fleets. Yeah. Um, 
And it was interesting because I would go to my main, um, and which is at Tyler Genucci, D-I-N-U-C-C-I. Um, and uh, I, no one was really using fleets, right? Like they mm-hmm. were like, there wasn't like, there was like maybe like one or two people who were like, goodbye fleet. And it was like a picture of their cat, right? And then I went to my alt. Every single person I followed was posting whole, was posting whole, was posting booty. It just was the whole- like, I mean, and that's, that's, that's on the mild side, let's say like- Yeah. It it's was... a, a sea of wang. Like I could not believe, I couldn't believe my eyes on Monday. Like I could, you couldn't open Twitter basically. It was the horniest Twitter has ever been. And yeah. this is saying like gay Twitter is horny. Like I, I just like want to be clear. And like the usage of gay Twitter is, is so much different than the usage of, I think how other people use Twitter, which is also fascinating. Yeah. Way. Um, but it really was one of the horniest things that like, a natural, non, just like explosion of horniness. In yeah, a way that I never really witnessed before on social. Like, it, I mean, it really was like being on Grinder almost. Like, just how pervasively horny and sexual and pent up and like, like omnipresent all of this was. Like, I couldn't. I, it really was. It, I have never seen anything like it on Twitter before. Because yeah, I mean, it is a, it is the horniest social media platform. I think way more so than Instagram, even, which you think has like, you know, a built-in, a built-in modality for horniness and to like express yourself visually. Let's say you right. know. But like Twitter, just constantly people are just tw- like just saying they just be saying shit at the end of the day, and then they were, were just showing shit at the end of the day on Monday. So, I think one of the reasons why that's true is sort of what you what you just said. I think Twitter is so horny because on Instagram, to post something to the grid now, not just your story, like requires people to like, okay, what's the filter? Like, let me go to Visco. Let me get, like let yeah. me make sure like this is here. Like, is that the right picture? Like, I'm gonna take like. Okay, let me fix the lighting a little bit, fix the saturation, right? Like there is a way in which the, all those pictures are so curated that it loses the, I think, the almost like the the raw sexual energy that I think Twitter horniness has, right? Like it takes so much more work in some point to like post something that's quote unquote grid worthy, which is yeah. something that like is insane, but that people say versus like me going on Twitter and being like, I need cock. Yeah, just hear that. Um, which is like, <laughs> I think like, which is what like half of gay Twitter is, right? Yeah. Or like, oh, I'm so H word. So know, like, bleh, or, yeah. <laughs> we don't say H word on this podcast. We 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 use the the big boy word there. Um, and I, I, I think yeah. that like, and like the idea that like I can be on Twitter and just post that, and it's not something that like. I mean, yeah, it'll, like, you can, it'll, it's still there, you know, like, a, a year later, which is another, it's sort of a problem with Twitter, because Twitter sort of feels like you're writing these, just, that's a different problem with Twitter, but, like, yeah. there is, like, this kind of, like, ephemeral sort of, like, I posted it, it's out there, but, like, I'm, I don't, it's not going to be on my grid, so to speak, for, like, the next, like, you know, month or two, right? right. It, it's there, and then it, it sort of gets, you know, the timeline kind of washes it away as the, the great... Yeah, no, I, the, there's so much of, like, a content stream on that app that, like, things do get, like, buried and washed away until... 
I mean, sometimes they resurface, I guess. Like we've seen, like obviously they have Twitter can come back to bite. The clown of Twitter can come back to bite, but. Which is, which is sort of, I mean, this is sort of like the problem. I mean, that was the whole insane thing with the the uh, Teen Vogue editor who like probably shouldn't have been hired because she wasn't qualified for it. But yeah. like her tweets from like what? Like when she was like 19, you know, mm-hmm. ended up like coming back and it's like, okay. Like I'm sure she never expected when she was 19 that she wrote these dumb thoughts that like 10 or 12 years later they would somehow resurface right because that's not how people really think about twitter Mm-mm. even though there is a permanence to what you write there unless you delete it right right so um but like i think the way that most people think about twitter is that you say it and then it's gone right and whether or not that's not true for the record but um it is i think gets to why it's such a horny platform yeah i mean it also like for better or worse, I think you can control how much of a following you want to have and you can control who you're exposing or like who you're exposing your thoughts to in a way. Like I have very intentionally kept my Twitter like, I mean, I only joined in 2017, so I'm pretty new to the platform relatively in the grand scheme of things. But like I try to keep it pretty like small and intimate, like and I just tweet into the void, like truly just shitpost into the void about like the Cami Cabby games. Like it's not anything. I really don't use it for like horny shit or like so too serious even too. Like I think Twitter can be really good as a font of comedy in the way that like TikTok can also be if you curate it the right way. But like even my like biggest, my most like, um, minute curation like couldn't have prepared me for just like how literally everyone I follow was posting pull and hole and everything I mean just or just like engaging with that I was it really was like a shocking phenomenon and I'm not really sure how we're ever gonna like we can't come back from that and I feel like we cannot um but we're also never going to have anything like that again. Like there will never be another Camelot of pole. Like the, the pure pandemonium of that moment will never be replicated. No, but I also think that like I, as someone who's I I I joined Twitter in two thousand eight or two thousand nine, I think, um, because they just gave me, they were like, oh, you've been on for like thirteen years, and I was like, oh, don't tell me that. Um, but I've I've been using this platform for a really long time, and it's really interesting because how different people use it. Um. Because there definitely is a, I've always been fascinated with micro dramas within specific communities on Twitter, yeah. right? Like, I'm always, I'm like, I love YA Twitter drama, like my favorite. Oh, like um, the the writer, like yeah. the writers themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. And like, and like, it, it's, it's always like psychotic. It's always like, it's, it, it like, I think it like, it very feel like, I don't watch Housewives, but it does, there mm-hmm. is like a Housewives-esque drama to it. Yeah, it's housewives as drama from people who are way too into like Tumblr. Exactly. I think you have to be a very specific kind of person to write YA fiction in the first place. And that kind of drama, I think inherently is a little like high school parasocial vibes. And so like, but like, yeah, like it is like, I, I do love when I'm like, I like stumble upon something where like a bunch of people are fighting and you're like, 
who are the main characters? Yeah. I have to know. Beverly Cleary said what to who? Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it's like, it's like, it, and it, but it's interesting because like having, I, I really tried very hard for a very long time not to be horny on Twitter um, because I was like, well, it's my name. Um, my boss, like, uh, like so many TV writers have Twitter that I felt like it would do me a disservice yeah. if I was like, kind of like showed that side of myself. Um, and I felt myself, and like, I was like, well, I'm just gonna like start this all just because like, I feel like, let me just be gay, you know, and not yeah. necessarily feel like I have to like, be a smart person all the time. Sometimes I'm really, which I'm debatable that at all. Like, well, let me just be stupid for a second and mm -hmm. just like kind of dumb and gay. Um, and it's interesting just how perpetually horny every single person on Twitter is, regardless of, yeah. the, of, the, of the day of fleets. And I think, so I, yeah, I mean, I don't have an alt, like I do see how horniness is sort of like a cultural currency almost on the platform these days. Like it's a way to like build community it's a way to build a following, I guess, too. Like, I can see how more and more people are starting to get, like, sucked into, I guess, alt culture. Like, I mean, I've definitely thought about it. I just, I'm, like, not, I just, I'm, like, because I don't have the same, like, quote-unquote professional concerns, I guess. And also, you have a much bigger Twitter following on your normal account than, like, I, mean, it I do, really so. Into, like yeah, I mean, like, it really yeah. came down to, like, a lot of people follow me for politics, and I don't need, like, speaking of Naperville, mm -hmm. I don't need, like, Susan from Naperville to, you know, see me at, like, three in the morning and be, like, yeah, you know, and calling you, like, a sinner faggot or whatever, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gay whore, gay whore, gay um, whore, I really yeah. want to get that, I actually really want to get that shirt that, um, Jenner wore in 30 Rock that just says business slut on it, like, <laughs> I, I've been trying to find it, but like, yeah, mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily though think it's a bad thing. Um, like I, the way I've been sort of like, like what I was thinking about on this day, the day of fleets, um, the, our final fleets was that everyone's horny. Yeah. Right. I mean, not everyone. I don't, I don't want to say I, 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 that's, there's 7 billion people in the world that I, I, it's too broad of a brush, but like most people are horny. Right. And so most people are sexual, like every single person that's not true. Again, too broad of a brush, but like most people in the world have sex, right? And I do think one of the nice, nice, but like, I do think there is something about gay culture, which I, I, I do wish more straight people would at least be open to, is the idea that being horny is okay. And under, and like, it's not something to be, being sexual is not something to be ashamed about. Yeah. Um, and I do think like if there is one good thing about gay Twitter besides like the random drama, like that day that like someone might have been a Saudi spy, which like I we can't talk about that here. I want to. I have uh, that in and of itself could be a whole episode. I truly believe that. And Shout out to not, Petworth whether, Thought. Whether, yeah. or not there is value, whether or not there is value to that, which I don't like. There was ever. not not value to that. But like, so, but like yeah. <laughs> Like, this is like main character syndrome i guess oh yeah got it um and um I, I i or the thing we talked about a few weeks ago where um someone was like 
handsome calling me like high handsome is a slur a slur i now still like cannot stop saying high handsome oh yeah me neither and like now it's like in or just like when like now like like the other day on like demon twink right yeah like demons we could have done all day on demon twink right and like aquaria doing demon like demon twink drag is like is like how this perpetual main like how main character syndrome is yeah of take but like that is all to say like i do think one of the other nice things about gay culture is this idea that it is okay to be in touch with your sex with with being sexual not just your sexual orientation but like being sexual and being sexual doesn't mean you're bad at your job or you're not a good person or you don't have morals or you don't like kids or all that stuff like it, it means or you don't like cook or like 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 Pixar movies or whatever it is, and doesn't mean you're like perpetually just like, you know, like or like it. It it does mean though that like everyone is sex. Like most people are sexual and yeah. you know, hide. And it was kind of the nice thing about that day, besides like the array, the buffet of pole hole and booty that we all saw. But like there was a, it was kind of fun in some way to see people who are like ostensibly professionals and do have professional lives just yeah fuck it you know or just even people who are like usually pretty like demure or like you know not branded necessarily but like definitely are more like shit posty or like film twitter adjacent like stuff like that all speaking the common language of sharing nudes right or just or in many cases like full-on videos that were like that was truly like a beyond like a beyond thunderdome moment for me like and th- th- these are all these are all these are all pseudonyms so but like i was like this is one guy like uh we're just gonna call him like john's my brother's name we're gonna call him tim right and it was yeah. just like him well let's call him tim or like mm. tristan because tristan's a gay name yeah tristan's um, the gayest name you can have gayest name you can have besides tyler apparently um, so <laughs> like I was, I was like going through it and I was like, Tristan, who's like, I've always thought was cute, but like has never really been like, like showing ankle sometimes feels like the most he ever does. Ooh, and, yeah. I'm like, Ooh. and then I'm just like looking and it's just like a full on video of him just jacking off. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like. Yeah, no, I, I it's you, good. Tristan. It's, it's, you know, as the great philosopher Natasha Bedingfield once said, release your inhibitions. And we all felt our, the rain on our skin that day. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> and by rain, we mean calm, obviously. I obviously. Um, <laughs> no, it, it definitely was like, it was a shocking day, but it definitely was an inspiring day, I think, in a lot of ways. Like, I, it just is, it is nice to see everyone just being their truest basis, most primal selves on the internet in a way that feels different from the, you know, the day of just like the rage and like screaming into the abyss that we usually do on the internet, which is also very like base and primal. But it also, I, I think it is base and primal, but also in a way that I feel is like, there's no, like when you send it, like, it's kind of it kind of feels like there's like it's it's vulnerable there's a vulnerability which i think is better than being like like me tweeting like i like ducks and someone being like oh you like ducks like why didn't you think about the canva geese when you tweet it no in a way that like i i think i it it like there was a vulnerability to it that i think was 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 kind of nice and i i I wish that well yeah there's that like 
you know, there's that like self-defeating cycle where it's like, quote unquote, cringe to be earnest, but then it's cynical to call something cringe. But then when you try to tamp down the cynicism, you go back into the same kind of like cringeworthy earnestness that you get called out for in the first place. So when you post a nude, you're avoiding all of that. Yeah. <laughs> that you're yeah. like in another Venn diagram entirely at that point. Like, which is, I think, you know, really? honestly, the best case scenario for the internet. But it also is just like accelerating Twitter towards what Tumblr was like um, a few years ago and before it got like purified, let's say. I, I mean, as someone who misses Tumblr, um, and I was not someone who like tumbled, like I don't, like I was not like- in <laughs> Tumble, <laughs> Wait, tum- like, I've never heard tumbled as a verb used in as that a tum- I, 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 I uh-huh. was exclusively for porn. Not, yeah, like, me too. Or, like my, my other kin, um, uh, you know, like uh, persona. Right. Um, <laughs> Like, it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, like, it's like, yeah, I've Googled my name in like the hedgehog and I've seen, I've seen Tyler the hedgehog, you know, get well, railed um, so, yeah. on Tumblr. Um, so that, that, but there is like, I, I don't think that, I think the Tumblr occasion of Twitter has already been here in terms of like how annoying some people can be. And that's, annoying. but like, I do think like being also okay with like, yeah, this is my body. And like, here it is, is like also okay as well. And I, I'd much prefer that Tumblr than um, having to hear about, you know, a million other things that I think Tumblr was worse at. Totally, totally, totally. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, like this is an emergency and that it needs to be talked about, but like, I think this is like maybe the first positive emergency we've had on the podcast almost. Like, I think that fleets being gone isn't that good. Yeah, and the attitude that it is now like carrying over with everyone is definitely a net good. I think. I want you all, if you're listening, to honor the spirit of fleets and send me more news. My DMs are open. <laughs> My DMs are also open. Um, all right, let's move on to our final segment. We're gonna play tear the community apart. Right. So, the rules are simple. I have picked two songs. And you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. Sounds easy, but it is a little, little hard. And today you have a fairly tough choice. Okay. Two 2006 number one hit singles, both produced by Tim Boland at the peak of the second wave of his power. Which song is better? Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado or Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake? Okay, first, can I say one thing about Nelly Furtado before I get into this? Uh, you can say more, many things about Nelly Furtado. She just released a new, I think a single or an album with the mm-hmm. same exact logo that she's been using since she's like, it is, she only uses the same logo for her name, which I like, that looks like that weird, like 60s, 70s. Yeah, like, the swirly. I love a brand. And the I queen brand. of branding. Even though it has not worked for her very well, I love that she's committed to it. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Obviously, I mean, one of my most toxic things about me is that I do love Justin Timberlake, uh, obviously not as a person, um, right. but like as a singer, I think he's incredibly talented. Um, Even Man of the Woods? Uh, okay, well, let's just- All right, all right, right, right. You know, yeah, yeah within I, reason, within reason. Like, I mean, Justified is great and um, 
Future Sex was was good. Um, Sexy Back though is great. I mean, Sexy Back is so good. Mm -hmm. um, like it is just so sexual. It is so sensual. But like, it, there's just something like so like again. The beat is so good the beat is too. So like, good. if you were not like persona non grata at gay bars, like that song should be on every playlist. You don't even need to hit a really good remix, like a, like a much of a remix with it. For like, no, not at all. Game. Like the the beat itself is so good and so danceable, just as is. Like it, it's very like very it's very two a.m. I'm still dancing. Um, I've just done something legal in the bathroom. Whatever X Y Z, and like I'm now like staring down some like hot guy at the other end of the bar, like. And that is the feeling of it. And it, I think it's it's so, it's so good. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's too bad that Justin is persona non grata, as you said. I mean, not too bad, like I feel bad for him, I don't. Yeah. But that song is really good. I think I'd pick Sexy Back. Interesting, okay. I, I think this is like one of the tougher rounds for sure, because I love both of these songs so much. Future Sex Love Sounds, I think is my favorite Justin Timberlake album and Sexy Back is, if not the best song on it, it's pretty close to the best song on it. I do, I am on record in my Substack newsletter, Culture Pig, as saying that Promiscuous is the best pop song of 2006. Okay. And for me, for me, Promiscuous is the choice here, but it is razor thin. I just, I love I love the verses. The chorus is so fun to sing along to. Um, the beat, it's like, it, it's like four different beats going on at the same time on that song. It sounds like, like a, like a, I mean, it's like a tornado, basically. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. It's I mean, like, that, that is a tough one. Um, I think, I, I think I've, it is really good. I mean, I'm still sticking with sexy back. I, I respect your choice. I don't get to pick it here. You get to pick. You have the final say, and you have chosen to eliminate promiscuous from the conversation here. The community is torn apart in ways. I'm sure all the listeners of this podcast are just frothing at the mouth right now. Like, I remember I remember when um God, what was her name? Um her brother was gay. Yeah, this <laughs> What's her name? Her brother was gay. The only gay guy in my high school that was old. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she wrote, she wrote, she wrote, in, she wrote like a page long like newspaper review of, of future sex love songs. That's my reminder. I just oh, want to. Oh, oh god. Um, yeah, this girl in my high school whose brother, older brother, was gay. Um, she wrote a uh, entire page long review of future sex love songs. Mm. High school newspaper in 2006 um and it was it was like my north i was it was my north star it was like yeah. i loved that album so much um it was great so many hits on that album too like my love summer love what goes around comes around like it's all fantastic like truly fantastic i haven't really liked anything since then to that extent at least and man of the woods i think is like pretty unlistenable but um I, and he is just yeah, such I a dipshit but he's such a dipshit and it also like i think sort of the way in which we've recontextualized those years yeah. i think has really, like i kind of put a sour taste like not kind of 
Like I think has, especially when like what goes around comes around, I think it it has made it seem so much grosser than yeah. the naivete that we might've had at the time, which is not, which is not an excuse by the way of how we, of how I, I'm gonna include myself on this, include of like what our opinions about sort of Justin and Brittany were at the time um and and janet um well you forget too that like the music video for what goes around comes around stars scarlett johansson as like a britney type who literally dies in a car crash at the end of the music video wasn't that also um uh crimey river also had a britney type in it too yeah he i mean he he you know variations on the theme to be sure like sick obsessed twisted man very sick obsessed twisted man also, unfortunately, like he was like, I rewatched the SNL sketch the other day where he was, um, he, it was like him and um, Andy Samberg on the, uh, the, uh, like the, the boat to America and was talking about like mm-hmm. his, like yeah. his grandson, his great grandson making, and it's funny. It's like, he's talented. Right. And then it gets the yeah. part where like, he makes fun of like, how he actually hit that, even though they said they were virgins, and everyone was like cheering and laughing. It's just so it's so it's gross. It's like gross. such a yeah, what a it's just a weird cultural time. And it, I mean, we are in a intense period of relitigation with that time with between Britney. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of articles this week about Paris Hilton's new cooking show. They're talking about how we treated Paris back in the day um you know it's just you know a big time for that kind of that kind of discussion but you can't make the box not bop though at the end of the day (laughs) we do believe in separating art from artists up on this uh at least this podcast host does unless you're woody allen then i can't then you're just annoying and i can't like deal with that and i also have also like yeah i it's not that's not hard to separate at this point no (laughs) but um i'm sad that we're separating each other from this episode isn't that a good segue we gotta end that's 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 the the long and short of it is truly demonic like can you i've been i've I've been up for two hours like i'm not at the peak of my powers here today but tyler thank you so much for being here um where can people find you on social media um, you can find me on social media. Uh, my uh, my Twitter, um, we've talked about Twitter so much today, is at Tyler Danucci, D-I-N-U-C-C-I. Um, my alt is just, you know, keep looking. Um, and uh, Drop the alt, sis. Drop the alt. <laughs> um, <laughs> where, where, where on Instagram are you? Uh, Instagram, uh, it's uh, a nickname. It's like my sports nickname I used to have uh, in high school, um, which is Danuch. So it's at D-A-A-A-N-U-C-H. All right, awesome. Um, all my shirtless photos. <laughs> um, you can find my fully clothed um, turtleneck down to my ass photos on Instagram at Drew Haskins with Zs. Um, you can find me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with the Z. And subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for weekly cultural musings delivered free straight to your inbox. Um, And also quick shout out, um, a new song dropped today that I really like that everyone needs to go listen to. It is called Rock and Roll Gay Guy by Macy Rodman and stream for clear skin, stream for success. 
um, you will not be disappointed. So, <laughs> yeah. Are you going to stream Rock and Roll Gay Guy? Uh, I'm definitely going to stream Rock and Roll Gay Guy. I also have to get into this, um, I guess, Jesse from for, uh, from Formerly Little Mix just deleted all of her Instagram posts. Oh my God, new era ain't coming. New era is coming for <laughs> Jesse. So, well, oh. another, thing, another thing for another episode, maybe. Yes, absolutely. All right, until next time, everyone. Bye. Thank you, Drew.